All right, we've got a special promotion for the faithful listeners of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. Here's the deal, Jack. <laughs> We're taking an impact team to Pastor Paul and Deanna Alvarez in Lima, Peru. <laughs> they let us know that they need some equipment. We'd like to give you a chance to help us buy them a new iPad and a new smart TV for their children's church. Our goal is to raise $1,000 for these items, and we think you'd like to help. So here's what we're offering. So here's what we came up with, guys. When you donate $30 or more to this fund, uh, you're going to get a six-month subscription to the premium podcast at no additional cost. And when you donate $50 or more, then we're going to give you a full year. How about that? Yeah. You'll get all the benefits of our premium sermon podcast, which means daily sermons, interruption-free listening, and zero commercials. We'll get new subscribers out of it, and Pastor Alvarez will get some new equipment to help with what God is doing there. Uh, we think it's a win-win-win. <laughs> uh, this promotion will only last until our impact team, which is happening toward the end of June. So don't miss this opportunity. But wait. Pastor Adam, Dave, what if, what if I'm already a premium subscriber? I'm so glad you asked. Well, so we are going to pass to you, those of you who are already paying for a subscription, we can give you a gift subscription that you can pass on to somebody else out there who always wanted to subscribe but never got around to it for whatever reason. Right. So all of the links will be in the show notes. And we look forward to being a blessing to you and to Pastor Paul in the coming weeks. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Yesterday, it felt via victus. Amen. If you weren't here this morning for Bible study, you missed it. Amen. But woe to the conquered. Can you say amen this morning? And I want to declare to you this morning, the devil is conquered. He's defeated. Amen. Because uh, Jesus has already won the battle. Can you say amen? I want to preach this morning on, I, I couldn't make up my mind on a title, either the Christian shoulder or militant Christianity. You name it what you want. But in the end, we're declaring war. Can you say amen? Not on you. Amen. It's okay. We're not declaring war on you. We're declaring war on the devil. And so I want to read out of 2 Timothy here in a moment. 2 Timothy 2. Verses 1 through 7, we'll read that in a moment, but we, we talked a little bit about it this morning, but in the Bible, there is definitely, without a doubt, a military overtone. Amen, and you can't read scripture without understanding 
that God is a God of war. The Bible says over 273 times that he is the Lord of hosts. That means he's the Lord over the armies of heaven. He's the commander-in-chief, the general, amen, in charge that dictates and declares war on the enemy. Amen. We read this morning Psalms 144 verse 1. Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. We sang a song this morning about it. Yet so many Christians don't fight. Jesus speaks that the gates of hell will not prevail. What does that mean? Amen. It means something this morning. It means that there's a church that is progressing forward that's overtaking the gates of hell of the enemy. That they're in defense mode and the church and the people of God should be on the offensive mode. We're taught to be defensive drivers, but I declare to you this morning in the kingdom of God, you can be an offensive driver. Amen. Jesus said, think that I'm not, I'm come to send peace on the earth, but no, I came not to send peace, but a sword, Matthew 10. Ephesians 6, Paul talks about the armor of God everywhere you go, Old Testament, prophets, uh, gospels, New Testament in the epistles, uh, you're going to read about war. You can't get away from it. It's part of being a Christian. The minute you say you're a Christian, you become a target of hell. See, the devil don't need to fight you if you ain't serving God. He's already won. But when you make a choice to serve God, when you make a choice to live for Jesus, when you make a choice to make a stand against sin and unrighteousness, uh, amen, it ticks the devil off. Because it's one less person he's lost in his ranks. On August, or excuse me, September 23rd, uh, 1997, at about 12 a.m. in the morning, I got on a bus in St. Louis, Missouri. I was leaving the, the MEP station, and they were so nice to me, so generous. They put me in a hotel for the night. I'm talking about the U.S. government. They said, we love you. We're going to take care of you. And they put me in a, in a hotel. They fed me a nice dinner. And uh, on September uh, 23rd, 1997, I got on a bus, and me and about another 45 uh, gentlemen got on that bus, and we began a three-hour trip down to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. And I mean, they, it's really only like an hour and a half trip, or maybe two hours, but they drove slow on purpose, because they needed to get there at a specific time. And uh, they they showed up, and they, they pull up, and it's it's a nice, serene, quiet scene. There's, uh, you know, the, we're, we're at some kind of building. I, I can't tell you what, what exactly was there. Um, but then this, this corporal, scrawny kid, gets on, the, gets on the bus, and he climbs up, and, and, and he, 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 he looks at us. He smiles with one of those, you know, smirky smiles. I can't do it right now because i got to a dumb grin on my face. But he, he smiles at us, and then his face began to contort. He got very mean looking. Like he didn't like us for some reason. Like, what do we do? And then he began to say, you got 30 seconds to get off my bus right now, you sorry soul. Off my bus right now. Get moving. Come on, come on, come on. Get moving. Sorry, brother. 
That's how I felt. Anyway, I realized very quickly he was in charge and that he owned that bus evidently. And from that point on, amen, as we stepped off that bus, they began to tell us what to wear, tell us how to dress, how to comb our hair after they shaved it all off, how to eat, how to, how to drink, when to sleep, what time we could sleep, how much sleep we could get, when to go to the bathroom, when to not to go to the bathroom. Every aspect of my life was dictated by the orders of my commander. On that day, I began the process of becoming a soldier to fight in the greatest military this world has ever known. Now listen to me for a second, because we, we speak that, but sometimes I don't think we understand what we're saying. We're not the greatest because of our weapons or our talent or, you know, our great abilities. One of the reasons our military is the greatest in the world is because it's an all-volunteer military. Think about that for a moment. People choosing to willingly lay down their lives for the freedom of others, to fight for people's freedoms. They aren't dictated to fight. Many countries, it's mandatory, but not in the U.S., not right now. Amen. It's voluntary. That means their whole heart is in it. Everything. Nobody made them do it. They chose. See, when you got saved... You don't just join a church. You voluntarily become a part of the greatest, most victorious uh, military that eternity will ever know. Can you say amen? You become a soldier for Christ. Now, obviously this sits home for me because I was in the military. And many of you were in the military. Uh, uh, some of you served in the military. Some of you weren't. And, uh, but still, it fits this morning. You are a soldier of Christ. Amen. Whether you want to be or not. So let me... Let's read our text this morning, and I want to preach on this because God wants us to have the victory. Not only that, uh, amen, he wants us to have dominion. He wants us to live a conquered and a victorious life this morning, um, amen. And Paul gives us some instruction in 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. He says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me. And among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars, wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is, he is not crowned, except he, he, excuse me, he strive lawfully. The husbandman that labors must first be partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding in all things. And I want to fo focus this morning on verse 3 and 4. Because we are in a war, church. Amen. We are in a battle. Amen. We are fighting an enemy. Amen. We know it's the devil. We know it's his, it's his minions. But I wonder many times if we try to bypass, amen, what God has intended for us to be as a Christian. I want to look first at the good soldier. Because Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, you need to learn to endure hardship like a good soldier. So what does that mean? What does it mean to endure hardship? Uh, amen. There's a hardship of preparation this morning. Amen. When uh, we went into boot camp, when I went into boot camp, there was a transformation that took place. Uh, I went in one man and I came out another. 
Amen. I went in with certain clothes. I came out with another set of clothes. I went in with one haircut and I came out with another haircut. I went in with certain etiquette in my life and I came out different etiquette. Amen. I would slouch in my chair. I would, uh, uh, you know walk however I wanted but uh, when you go in the military they teach you how to stand how to sit uh, you know stomach in chest out chin up uh, uh, shoulders back uh, they teach you to walk with pride uh, they teach you manners uh, sir yes sir sir no sir amen you answer with a tone of respect which is way missing today can you say amen they teach you authority you didn't ask why The drill sergeant didn't come and say, you know, Private Barry, I want you to clean that toilet. Why? Sir, yes, sir. He said, I better be able to lick off the bottom of that toilet seat when you're done. And you know what? Some of the drill sergeants did. They taught me who my new friends and family were. I get five-minute calls once a week, and if that, uh, amen, and then your friends and family outside that were those around you. You know, it's a lot like this in Christianity. I know we don't come in, and you don't have uh, people yelling at you other than the preacher across the pulpit preaching, uh, amen, uh, and, 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 and pushing you around, dictating how to live your life, uh, amen, other than the preaching of the gospel. But uh, as a Christian, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. All the things I just mentioned should be a part of the Christian life. Hello? Clothes you wear needs to change. Women, you ought not to be wearing revealing clothes. Men, you ought to pull your pants up and stop sagging. Cut your hair. I'm not saying you got to cut it like mine. Cut it like Ross. <laughs> your grooming needs to change. Brush your teeth, comb your hair, take a shower. <laughs> Etiquette needs to change. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. Amen. Change the way you sit. You know, we don't have to slouch no more. You're a Christian. You ought to be proud of that. Manners ought to change. The way you speak to people, the way you treat people. Amen. In Christ, you're a changed person. You come as a Christian and you had no authority and now there's authority. You know, the church has authority in it. Your pastor should have some authority in your life. Amen. Elder brothers and sisters ought to have some authority. You ought to give them the authority to speak into your life. Amen. Your friends and family, might I say, should change. You mean I need a new mom? Maybe. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Maybe you need a new dad. Thank God. You know, our, our pastor and his wife are like a mother and a father to us. Can you say Amen. See, now you and I, we serve General Jesus who enlisted us. Um, Amen. Listen, after nine weeks of hell in boot camp, every soldier comes out looking like a new man, walking with pride, representing the greatest fighting force on earth, fit and ready for battle. For Christians, it's not nine weeks, though. It could be a prayer at an altar, completely transformed, 
in a moment of time. Every demon cast out, a whole brand new life, uh, mindset changed, uh, desires changed. Uh, amen. A decision at the altar. Amen. Maybe going home and overnight, you remove some things you know that are influencing your life in the wrong way. Uh, amen. Uh, it can be overnight. It can be over time. Uh, whatever the case, uh, as a Christian, you should not be the same as before. There's hardships of daily life. They say during the Civil War, not only did soldiers face the possibility of getting killed in battle, their daily lives were full of hardships. They had to deal with hunger, bad weather, poor clothing, and even boredom. Some of you get bored way too easy. I mean, you can't sit in the quiet for more than five minutes. You have to be doing something. They had drills in the morning and the afternoon where they practiced for battle. Each soldier had to know his place in the unit so the army would fight as a group. Fighting together and quickly obeying the commands of the officers was key to victory. Between the drills, soldiers would do chores such as cooking their meals, fixing their uniforms, cleaning equipment. If they had some free time, they might play games such as poker or dominoes. Amen. They also enjoyed singing songs and writing letters home. And at night, some soldiers would have guard duty. And this could make for a very long day you know as Christians we have daily duties as a soldier you have daily duties that must be completed everybody had to do their part everybody has a chore a duty there's never somebody or should never be somebody sitting around in the military Something always needs to be done, being getting ready, being getting prepared. Uh, I don't understand the Christian that only comes to church to do nothing. God didn't save you just to fill a seat this morning. Can you say amen? Hello, he has an assignment for you. He has a duty for you. Amen. And if you don't know what that is, you say, uh, Captain Jesus reporting for duty. What is it that you want me to do? There's a readiness, 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. You know, a soldier is in constant training. It never, ever, ever stops. Constant preparation, amen. You're constantly training in your military occupational specialty. You know, my job in the military, you should think about this for a moment. I wasn't, I wasn't walking around carrying a weapon. You know, my job wasn't infantry, although every soldier in the end is an infantryman. But my job didn't necessarily involve picking up a rifle and shooting the enemy. But my job required me to maintain and repair electronics equipment that could find the enemy could get their grid coordinates so the operators could send those coordinates to the airplanes in the air or the artillery on the ground, and then they would send the bombs in to kill the bad guy. So one way or another, your job in the military, in a roundabout way, is fighting the enemy. In the kingdom, everybody's job matters. You think you don't matter if you don't come to church or if you don't show up to outreach. Let me tell you, it does matter. It does matter when you're not here. It does matter when a new convert that you invited shows up and you're not here. Listen, how discouraging would that have been if the people that invited me to church weren't at church when I showed up? 
Everybody plays a part in locking in a soul, praying down strongholds. Listen, we're a military force. It's not just onesies or twosies praying. It's the church praying. Amen. It's the church laying a hold of God. That's why we encourage you to come to morning prayer. We encourage you to come and pray before every service. We encourage you to come and pray every Monday night. Amen. Because it's not just Pastor Martinez praying. It's the church praying, laying a hold of God, tearing down the strongholds of hell. You know, one of the duties that it mentioned in the, in the Civil War was guard duty. Everybody had to pull guard duty. Everybody had their turn staying up in the middle of the night watching, amen, for the enemy to come. And I'm going to tell you, this wasn't just in times of war. This was in times of peace, too. Even at Fort Huachuca, Arizona, amen, they would go through a rotation through the company. At some point, you are going to pull the charger quarters, and you're going to be sitting at the front desk, and you're going to monitor every single person that comes through that door. You're going to log their name, their phone number, their serial number, amen. You're going to know everything that's happening in that unit so that the enemy can't attack and destroy. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Listen, on top of everything else, everybody pulls guard duty. Everybody's got to be keen to what the devil's trying he's up to. Everybody's got to be aware and watching. This is what, uh, amen, Peter's telling uh, us in this text that all of us, uh, it's not just speaking to one individual, but every single Christian, you need to wake up, uh, amen, you need to be sober, amen, you need to be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he's looking for you. And he's looking for those around you. He's looking to kill, steal, and destroy, as the Bible says. Uh, Amen. You and I, we have a job to be on guard. And then there's the hardship of war. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. You know, the vision of the U.S. Army is to deploy, fight, and win our nation's wars by providing ready, prompt, and sustained land dominance by armed forces across 
the full spectrum of conflict as part of the joint force. Now, that's a lot of lingual, lingo, but you know what it is? It's not to pay your college education. It's not to give you free housing and meal. Amen. It's to protect our country. Amen. Uh, from the enemy. Amen. If they come and they try to defeat us, if they come and try to blow our buildings up, uh, then the army gets deployed and they say, no, you're not going to do that. The buck stops here. Hello. Are you feeling me this morning, church? Because we're in a war. Amen. And the devil is trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy the people you're working with. He's trying to destroy your family. He's trying to destroy your children. Amen. And we can't sit idly by anymore, but we have to rise up. Amen. And fight in the hardship of war. War is why every soldier joins the military. I know they sell you on the army college fund and the GI bill and all that kind of stuff. But in the end, that ain't going to matter if you ain't alive. See, we don't join for the war itself, but for the reason for the military. To protect and to fight for the freedom of others by taking dominion over land, people, and resources. Nobody wants war. I don't want war in this place. I'm not looking to go out and start a fight, but if the fight wants to come to me, I'm ready. Everybody wants peace, but that only comes through somebody fighting for us. Can you say amen? Listen, you and I come to church in our right mind. We enjoy the freedom of worship. We can go out on the streets and street preach. Amen. We can say whatever we want, whenever we want, to whoever we want. But somebody is out there fighting and defending you so you can do that. And every Christian is a part of war whether you want it or not. The Bible says the devil is the accuser. The lion, he seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. He has no intentions of just letting you live a peaceful life. Let me look secondly at being entangled. This word entangled is a very interesting word. Amen. But in our text, it says, No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of life. Warreth having to do with a military campaign. Amen. You know, in, in wars, there are such things as uh, prisoners of war. You know, the reality is that all of us at one point were prisoners of war. Amen. We were prisoners of war to Satan's military ranks. Amen. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's not one that's righteous. No, not one. All of us were under the power of Satan. And he's constantly planning and strategizing how he can take dominion over the people of God. But I want to tell you this morning, there's a God in heaven that does love us. Amen. That goes to war for us. His name is Jesus. And he reached down in. He fought through the, 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 the front lines of the enemy. Amen. To rescue you and I. Amen. From being a prisoner of war. Amen. So that we no longer have to be bound in the chains, in the interrogation rooms, in the, in the dominion that the devil has over us. See, what's happened is there's a reversal of roles. Can you say amen? No longer are we the POWs, but now we're taking POWs. Amen. When Jesus died and rose again, he went to battle for you and I. In 1 Peter 3, 18, it says, For Christ suffered uh, once suffered for sins, for the just, for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. In Revelation 1, 18, he says, I am he that liveth and was dead and behold I'm alive forevermore amen I have the keys of heth, uh, heth, hell and of death heth 
He has them all. At one point, the devil had dominion. He ruled in some cases, in some cases still rules. He has strongholds, but Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys. He has ownership. Listen, the worst thing that can ever happen in war is what? You die. But guess what? (laughs) The worst thing that can happen as a Christian is you die in your sin, but you don't have to worry about death no more because when Jesus came, he set you free. You don't got to worry about death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Go ahead, kill me, Satan. You're just going to put me in the presence of God. You're just going to put me in eternal glory. You do what you want to me here on earth. I'm on my way to heaven. See, our battle this morning, Ephesians 6, 12, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, uh, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, Listen, uh, uh, you know, when you're fighting the devil, he's trying to interrogate you, get information. One thing we're taught in the military is if you become a POW, you only give them three things, your name, your rank, and your social. That's it. Where's your commander at? Private Barry, uh, you know, uh, uh, Private Barry, uh, uh, 498. I'm not going to give you my, some of you steal my social coming. I'm going to go out and buy a car or something. When they were persecuting Stephen, they took him outside, uh, amen, to stone him to death. Uh, Amen, they they, they were trying to shut him up. They were taking him prisoner of war, amen, but he didn't say nothing. But I see, amen, the Lord Jesus, uh, amen, standing at the right hand of God. When they took Peter and they crucified him, he says, you know what, I'm not worthy. Crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to be put to death like Jesus. Uh, The apostle Paul, they took him to the island of Patmos. Uh, He says, I'm the apostle. Paul, child of God, that's all the information you're going to get out of me. In other words, we now represent the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the commander of all commanders. Can you say amen? Uh, you know, you know who really controls our military? Some of you may not know this, but the President of the United States is the one that controls our military. He's the commander in chief. That's scary. Um, but it's the truth. But you know, he has a commander. And his name is Jesus. And the Bible says God puts the king's heart in his hand. And he manipulates and he can control. And I'm going to tell you, that's the power of prayer this morning. Amen. That when we fight the fight we're supposed to be fighting, God can turn a nation around. He can turn a king's heart around. He can turn a governor around. He can turn a mayor around. He can change the outcome of any situation. The problem is, though, is we get entangled in the affairs of life. Hello. That's, that's, why, that's why he has to deal with this. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Paul's telling Timothy, those involved in the military campaign, they don't entangle themselves. That means they don't entwine. They don't interweave and twist together. They don't involve themselves. They don't get emotionally involved in these things going on in this world. Everybody knows who Pat Tillman is. Some of you don't. You weren't born yet. But September 11th, 2001, right, terrorists bombed our nation. They flew airplanes. And Pat Tillman, he started his college career as a linebacker for the Arizona State University in 1994. He went on to play for the Arizona Cardinals, was drafted number 226. I don't even know what that means. That could have been the last number. I don't know. Nonetheless, he was drafted. 
And he finished his career with 340 tackles, two, two and a half sacks, three interceptions, 37 yards, three forced fumbles, 15 pass deflections, three fumble recoveries, 60 career games. In addition, he also had one rush attempt, four yards, and returned three kickoffs for 33 yards. In May 2002, eight months after September 11th attacks and after completing the 15 remaining games of 2001, he turned down a contract offer for $3.6 million over the course of three years and joined the United States Army as an Army Ranger. And he said, I'm going to go fight to protect our country. He made a conscious choice to leave the affairs of this life and join the ranks of the U.S. Army Rangers. Uh, he could have been making $1.2 million every year for the next three years. Uh, amen. But he said, you know what? There's something greater. There's a greater cause than catching a football and running it into the end zone. There's something greater to live for than just spiking a football. Amen. There's something greater to live for. Amen. Than, than throwing a pigskin around. He says, I'm going to go defend this country so that they can continue to throw their pigskin around. He said, somebody jacked our nation and I'm taking it personally. He understood the reason I can make 1.2 million a year is because somebody else isn't and they're fighting so that I can. This is why Paul deals with the love of money. People chasing money. Some people... You know, they, they, they skip all kinds of things for God because they're chasing money. And the Bible says some have erred from the faith. So many Christians entangled, intertwined, twisted together. They dress, act, and talk like the world. The world has a Twitter account, so you got to have a Twitter account. The world has Snapchat, so you have to have Snapchat. The world has Instagram, so you have to have Instagram. No, you don't. That ain't going to get you to heaven. Well, I got to have it, Pastor. No, you don't. How did they live with it for the last six, or live without it for the last 6,000 years? Just saying. They're involved too much in these, these agendas of the world. You allow your emotions to get involved in the political agendas, the gay right avengers, the BLM, the NA, the AA, the LGBTQRSTV. I mean, all the letters, you're so emotionally involved. You see things on TV and you get all riled up. Riled up some of you right now. Paul says, no man that is involved in the military campaign entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Let them do what they're doing. Amen. As a church, we have a mission. We have an agenda. And that's to reach the world for Jesus. Listen, when you got eternity on your mind, when you got Jesus on the mind, then the only thing that matters is Jesus' name being exalted. Can you say amen? See, we're to please the commander. Ultimately, the reason for not entangling yourself is to please the one who enlisted you, Jesus. You know, you know why I don't go and live in sin? Because I want to please Jesus. When I stand before him on judgment day, and we're all going to stand before him on judgment day, I, will, I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of Lord. That's why I don't entangle myself. And let me tell you, it's a fight sometimes. I get it. It's a fight to stay untangled because the world tries to creep in. Uh, amen. The family, uh, friends, uh, uh, jobs, they try to creep in and intertwine themselves. Oh, it's okay to be a Christian and drink. It's okay to be a Christian and live unrighteously. No, it's not. Amen. Uh, it's okay to live clean, to live holy, and to live sanctified before Jesus. This is what pleases God because it takes faith. It takes faith in the Lord Jesus.
Without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please him. For he, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of him, them that diligently seek him. I need to close this morning. I want to talk to you about the sound of victory. Because it does have a sound. Listen, in Revelation 19, 11 through 14, it says, And I saw heaven open. You know, one day we're going to see heaven open. Hallelujah. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Oh, and this in 14, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Listen, you know who those armies are? Amen, that's you and I this morning. Amen, after the rapture happens. Amen, hallelujah. Amen, when you're written in the book of life, Jesus when he comes marching back. Oh, I want to be in that number. Can you say amen? See, we want to we drop a bomb and end everything, but that's not how life works. See, the sound of victory entails one little battle at a time. One little victory at a time. We have a, a slogan many times in our church that says, winning the world one soul at a time. Amen. And the Bible says this, uh, that every soul that repents, uh, Jesus says, uh, uh, I say unto you that likewise there's joy in heaven uh, over one sinner that repents uh, more than over 99 just persons uh, which need no repentance. Uh, listen, that's what the sound of victory sounds like. It's not always winning the whole war, but it's every time a soul comes and answers this altar call every time we pray amen with a person out on the streets amen the heaven erupts in joyous sound in psalms 47 it says oh clap your hands all you people shout unto god with the voice of triumph for the lord most high is terrible he is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob whom he loved. Amen. God is gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. For the God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people People are gathered together, even the people of God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Amen. That's King David saying, you know what? There's a God in heaven. He's king of all kings. You can praise him. And when you're done praising him, you keep praising him. See, worship is the sound of victory this morning. That's why you need to actively participate in the worship service. Uh, when Brother Eric's, uh, uh, you know, trying to get you to worship, uh, amen, it's for a reason. Because when we're worshiping, when we're crying out to God, when we're singing praises, the devil has no dominion. He has no victory. You know, any battle that has been won has already been won before the battle. Listen to me, any battle that's been won has been won before the battle, and any battle that's been lost has already been lost before the battle ever happens. What do you think? Think about the greatest act of worship. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And the greatest act of worship 
The Bible says that they took him and they nailed him to a cross. And they lifted him up for all eyes to see. And then they put a sign, they nailed it above his head, and they said, they worshipped him, saying, King of the Jews. And then the Romans at the bottom, they begin to mock him and say, Oh, hail, King of the Jews. They begin to mock him in, in, in jest. And let me tell you this morning, though, whether you mock him in jest or worship him in jest or you worship him in all sincerity, one day you're going to worship him. Bible says God has highly exalted him giving him a name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every, things of heaven, things of earth, things under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's why Joshua, amen, when they begin to go into Jericho, they won the battle before they won the battle. They said, you're going to cross around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, uh, amen, when I tell you there's going to be a trumpet sound, uh, amen, then I want you to shout the victory. Before it was ever taken, before was sell, a sword was ever raised, before they ever punched somebody in the face, they shouted and the walls came down. They already had the victory. And listen, this morning, so do we. We already have the victory. And listen, this isn't just a rah, rah cry. Uh, amen. This isn't just a, uh, you know, a pump you up. Let's go serve Jesus, church. Uh, amen. This is the truth this morning. The word of God declares that you and I should be living in the victory. You and I should have dominion over the death, hell, and the grave. We should have dominion over sin. Amen. It's going to happen when you shout the victory, when you worship God. You know, one of the other sounds of victory is the trumpet. I love the trumpet. I played it for eight years. And it's, you know, some of the, I love Brother Tyler and the saxophone sounds cool, but I love the trumpet. The trumpet, amen, was the battle cry. It was the alarm that sounded that would uh, challenge people. When you hear the trumpet, amen, uh, amen, you know something's about to happen. Uh, something's about to change. There's about to be a war. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 says, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Amen. We have hope this morning. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them that which are asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you that the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Why? Because the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds forever to remain forever with the Lord. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We're going home, church. That trumpet's going to blow and the sky's going to split open and no more do we have to worry about what's happening here on earth because Jesus is going to take us and we're going to prepare for battle. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah, we're going home. I don't know about you. You can have my house. You can have my car. You stay behind, you can have it all. I don't care because uh, Jesus is making a mansion for me in heaven uh, and I'm going to go live there. I'm going to go be walking the streets of gold. Uh, hallelujah. And I want you to be there with me. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts 
or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.